Open our ears, O Lord, to hear your word and know your voice. Speak to our hearts and strengthen our wills that we may serve you now and always. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. In 1742, at the peak of his career, George Friedrich Handel's Messiah debuted to an audience of over 700 people in Dublin. He had taken this arrangement to Dublin instead of London because he was a little worried that he might cause a scandal putting on a performance based on sacred scripture. Handel was popular, so audience goers were encouraged to forego wearing their hoop skirts and to leave their swords at home so that there would be more room to fit people in to hear this first performance. It's said that Handel wrote the 259-page score consisting of some quarter of a million notes in just three to four weeks. Originally, Messiah was intended and was released as an Easter piece, but by the 1800s, particularly in the United States, it became a staple of Christmas music. The first part of Handel's Messiah has perhaps made the words from Isaiah that we heard tonight a familiar part of our Christmas worship. The people who walked in dark darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. He is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. While Handel's Messiah has forever linked these passages with the Christmas story, the darkness that Isaiah wrote about was not the dark night that found the shepherds in their field being greeted by angels. The darkness that Isaiah is writing about is the darkness of the people of, of the Hebrew people some 700 years before that night in Bethlehem. A people ruled by a bad king, King Ahaz. A people that were led by a faithless king and in conflict with all around them with the Assyrians circling trying to devour the world, Ahaz ignores Isaiah and God's message and decides to go his own way and make an alliance with the Assyrians. It turns out that that choice would lay the seeds of destruction for the kingdom of Judah. This is the darkness that Isaiah is writing about, a faithless king that rejects God's power and chooses the power of this world, a power that is one of violence and death. And now that dark power is turned against God's own people. But even in the darkness of the rejection of God, a light still comes. A child is born, not a warrior king, but a wise counselor, a father, not a tyrant, a prince of peace. Into that darkness of the Hebrew people, God brought light through new life. 
In writing these words, the child that Isaiah found hope in was likely Hezekiah, who would be one of the last good kings of Judah. Hezekiah would restore faith in God, and he would face the awesome power of the Assyrians surrounding Jerusalem, certain destruction, and with the support and prodding of Isaiah would keep faith, and through God's grace and power, Jerusalem would be saved. But even in all his goodness, King Hezekiah does not bring the endless peace that Isaiah talks about. In 200 years, Jerusalem would fall, the people of Israel would be captured by the Babylonians, the temple would be torn down, and they would be dispersed and overpowered again and again by Persians and Greeks and Romans. And so the people still waited for the zeal of the Lord to bring justice and righteousness. Handel's Messiah is not the only popular art or pop media that has found its way into our Christian traditions. Some 200 years after Handel's Messiah premiered on December 9, 1965, Charles Schultz's A Charlie Brown Christmas first hit the air. This 25-minute special was produced in just six months. It used child actors for the voices, went without a laugh track, and the soundtrack consisted of all things jazz. Not exactly the recipe for a successful kid's special. But as worried as folks were about the jazz and the no laugh track, the real concern was the pivotal plot point that found Linus an answer to Charlie Brown's angsty question of, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? stepping into a spotlight with his blanket to read the familiar nativity story from Luke. Schultz was the only one that pressed to keep this scene in, and at the time, very few Christmas specials referenced the religious nature of the holiday. When the special was previewed for the executives that had paid to create it, they were all disappointed and thought that they had a real flop on their hands. One executive even said, we have ruined Charlie Brown. But when it aired on that December 9th, over 15 million households tuned in. Nearly half of the folks that were watching TV that night watched a Charlie Brown Christmas. And it's been rebroadcast at least once every year since 1965. We all know the plot, right? Charlie Brown is distraught over the commercialization of Christmas and the focus on getting stuff and winning. After Linus's speech, Charlie realized that he doesn't have to see Christmas this way, and when he goes out to decorate his sad little tree, it bends in half, and Charlie Brown hangs his head and walks away. It's the gathering of his friends, realizing that they too had missed the point of Christmas, and the love of his friends gathered there that restores Charlie Brown and that little tree. There's some irony that Schultz's message of Christmas being about the birth of Christ and the love of friends and community was brought to you by Coca-Cola on that first night. It was beamed out to American households during a time of great upheaval. We were in the midst of the space race, the Cold War, the Vietnam War, the civil rights movement had experienced a particularly bloody summer that year in the South with the march to Selma 
the murder of the Episcopal Seminarian Jonathan Daniels in Hainville, and the murder of Reverend James Reeb in Selma. It was into this tumult and darkness that Schultz brought Linus's simple reading of the Christmas story on a stark stage that found its way into Americans' homes that was the light that we longed for so much. And there were in that same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. In the darkness, this message of great joy came not through the words of the prophet like it had in Isaiah's time, but through the voices of angels. These words came not to a king, but to simple shepherds in the course of their regular lives. The child that was born was not the son of a king destined to be a king, not someone with authority and power, but instead a baby born to people that were powerless. A baby not wrapped in finery, but in simple bands of cloth, found not in a palace, but in a stable. God breaks through the darkness of the world of Emperor Augustus, whose power is built on a false peace brought through death and domination. God breaks through with true peace that is brought through life and new birth. Linus was right. As much as we may love it, Christmas isn't about gifts and food. It's not even really about the love of friends and community. Christmas is about this glorious moment when the heavens opened and the angels sang, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The zeal of the Lord to bring justice and righteousness brought heaven to earth, brought God to humankind, and through the incarnation and with the birth of Jesus. Christmas is about the good news of our salvation. Tonight, hear the good tidings of great joy. We are saved from our sin and fear and loneliness and death. Hear the tidings of great joy. We are set free from the powers of this world of darkness, of death, of oppression, of greed, of hatred. Hear the good tidings that through Jesus Christ, God's power brings good news to the poor, proclaims release to the captives, lets the oppressed go free, and proclaims the year of the Lord's favor now. Hear the good tidings of great joy. We are transformed through God's act of salvation so that we can transform the world according to God's justice and righteousness. Hear the good tidings of great joy. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Our Savior is born, which is Christ the Lord. We come together tonight as God's people to hear the story of our salvation again. We come together to see Christ in the faces of those around us. We come to meet our Savior in the Holy Communion at the Lord's table. 
We come together in this place with the faithful around the world to offer ourselves. Faith, doubts, love, loneliness, sadness, joy, we come to offer it all so it can be transformed by God's grace into the song of praise, joining with the heavenly host praising God for our salvation. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Amen.